are listening to Adjective New Music's podcast, Lexical Tones. I'm your host, Rob McClure. Exploring, vivacious, sensitive. Dean Kervin Busico is a composer residing in Oakland, California. First of his generation, his family moved from Haiti to New York City, where he was born. Busico has composed for a variety of ensembles, mostly chamber music, and a number of song cycles. We'll be hearing six songs from three song cycles, including Time Cycle, The Bells, and A Black Woman Speaks. Well, I'm really sorry to hear about your dog and your your own like physical misfortune there, but yeah. good to meet you, <laughs> albeit yeah in, in corona times <laughs> well, i'm and glad everything that else. she's she's safe and that's yeah. like you know all i need right now i'm like i'm totally fine with having a broken finger <laughs> As like, lo- yeah. over her over yeah, her being right. dead yeah yeah <laughs> that's that seems like a fair trade um <laughs> <laughs> so uh before we get started uh like i said in the intro we're gonna listen to um excerpts of three different uh, song cycles of yours tonight. But uh, before we get started with each one of your pieces, since we'll be hearing songs tonight, uh, let's talk about poetry first. Yeah. Um, what, when you're, when you're going to look for poetry, like what are you looking for? What kind of draws you to particular poems or particular words? Is there, is there any overarching like thematic thing you're looking for or is it you're just drawn to a particular poem um that's a good question i i really get into the words so um when i'm looking at poetry uh, there's some poems that i like that aren't necessarily that aren't that don't have like a rhyme scheme but i i love it because of the content mm-hmm. and like the just like the the words and the story so I'm, I always look for poetry that tries to paint something like some sort of story or, um, or for me, like I hear like the music. So like I, I have a sense of where the piece is going. So like, uh, right. When I write vocal music, um, I, I tend to have the, like the line in my head, like while I'm looking at the poem, like I can hear the music and I'm like, okay, I need to look at this more because this is like mm-hmm. something that's tickling my my brain right now, you know? Yeah. So it's you, a good question you asked because I've been looking for poetry recently for a new piece I'm working on. And um and I came I came across I've been like looking at a lot of text and I was like, oh, I'm just not gonna find anything. And then like I just like found something and it was just like so beautiful. And it's like when you read it and you know you just know it, like for me, mm-hmm. like when I read the when I read the bells. You know, I was like, oh, I really love this. But, you know, I, I had to cut some things out of it. So sure, it's like something I also do, you know, if it's like I don't love all of it, I'll still I'll still look at it. Yeah. So you're you're uh, more free with treatment of text then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and we're, we're I, I have questions about that related to the bells, but we'll get to that later. Um since i mean since you you i mean you've written a fair amount of songs you know you have these three is are these three cycles all of the songs you've written no i've actually i know it's it's crazy i don't have recordings of like all my song cycles mm-hmm. 
I've actually written six long cycles. Okay. So yes. So you've done so that's a, fair, a big chunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've done a fair bit of, of this. Um, what is it about setting words that keeps you coming back? You know, is your, is your process different in writing songs than it would be in writing chamber music? It really is. Like when I'm writing instrumental music, I, I get tied into form. I get tied into, um, I just, I go off of inspiration. So it's funny. I was, you know, I've been listening. Um, and like in one of, one of the episodes before you guys, we were talking about Harvey and his process. I'm the reverse of that. I go for inspiration first. So like I, I, I try to see where I'm inspired. And when I'm inspired in, with instrumental music, I, I have like something that I'm just attached to. And like I, I let myself get carried away with it. And then there's a point where I get into the piece, like maybe I'm like a quarter of the way. I'm like, oh, yeah, now I know what it is. Yeah. And I keep going. Um, with vocal music, it's different. I, I have like this, 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 like, this underlying text. And I feel like I have to be, and I, and I try to be at most, really like honorable to what the text is. So like yeah. as much as I want to be, you know, Dean as, as, uh, as I can be, I, I do have some limitations with the text. And um, I think there's something beautiful about that because it's like a collaboration with the, the poet or the writer and um, me trying to figure out a balance of how do I bring my language to, to, this, to this language that's being like, you know, this story that's being told, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what you say about, you know, having, having those limitations imposed on you because of the text being a good thing. Like I, I completely agree there. Like, that's why, that's why I love working with words because it's like, it kind of, it takes some of the burden of figuring out the form, figuring out like, well, how long should this go? Or, 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 you know, figuring out where should this go? Like mood wise, some of that is be, because you are following the text is, is really tied in. So it kind of takes some of the burden off of you. But I like the way you you framed that as it's a collaboration between you and the poet, even if the poet is long since dead, as, you know, a couple of your uh, poets that you've, that, uh, you've set here are long since dead. They're all dead. They're actually all dead. <laughs> oh, Maya Angelou's dead? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that happened, didn't it? That happened. Uh, that happened pretty recently. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember because, you know, I actually set um, three other um, poems of hers mm-hmm. for a um, choral ensemble, and so there was a lot of you know. I was just like really invested in her, <laughs> in her yeah. poetry, and in her like in her works, you know. And um, yeah, but it's you know. There's so many things about text. We can talk about it forever. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> I have like I, I've been I've been coming up with these ideas of really what I want to be doing next, like as a big project. And you know, there's so many things that I really like. I'm like I really like a text, and like you know, I'd like to do like some larger piece. And you know, I really like science fiction too. So like that's something I'm brainstorming and trying to figure out some way to to find a librettist to do something science fiction because <laughs> that you, would be are you thinking I think, like about an opera like science fiction opera yeah <laughs> that would be so cool please do that 
<laughs> There's not like are there? I I I know there are some science fiction operas out there, but well, Doctor Atomic is yeah. like kind of science fiction mixed with like um like history. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, you you just go ahead and do that over the next couple of years, and I'll I'll wait for it to come out because I would want to watch that. Um. So let's uh, let's get into the two songs that uh, of yours from your cycle called Time Cycle, and this is for baritone and orchestra. The songs we'll be hearing is uh, are Into the Twilight and The Moods, and these are poems from uh, W. B. Yeats. Um, when I was reading this, Yeats has a a peculiar rhyme uh, rhyme scheme. It's always like A B B A. Um, in a lot of his stanzas, and I I haven't read that much Yeats, but this really stuck out to me. Did this suggest anything musical to you, or was it kind of just like setting unrhyming poetry? Um, it's it made it more loose for me, and like I felt like I can float, especially with um, with the first song. I, I felt like I can float a little bit more in mm-hmm. the text, you know. Like I so like I let myself like just like take the words to to carry me through it yeah. and with um with the uh, like the moods though i the approach was different i you know it i felt like it was more rigid so it's like a more rigid poem so um i kind of stick to i like i try to like bring that out in the music and uh, the sense of time um i you know when i'm when i'm setting poetry I try to memorize the poem. So like <laughs> I, I, I like write it out and I, and I like try to memorize it. So it's like always in my head and I'm always thinking about it. So that way I can like always like work on the music that's, while I'm just walking yeah. around. Yeah. That's really good that I, I'd, I'd never considered doing that before, but that is a really good technique. I mean, like you say, like I'm just, you've got the words kind of streaming through your head, whatever you're doing, you could, have a moment and not need to be like right there with the words. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really good. Why did uh, these particular texts speak to you? Like what is being conveyed by these? And uh, you know, like how, how did this piece come? How, how did this piece come to be? Like, why did, why did you write it? So um, I, I started off with uh, Rose of the world. Um, that poem of, Yates, and that was the first one that I wrote, um, like set. And um, I, I wanted to do more. I was like, I, I need to figure out some other poems to do with it. And it's just for me, like this whole, the, the whole time cycle is about like aging and just this, this like kind of where, like um, just like time slipping quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to bring out in the piece. So um, the, I forget the name of the, like, I, what's the name of the text of the first one? <laughs> I Into forget. the Twilight. Yeah. So in the first one, uh, out, you know, outworn heart in a time outworn, that, that line for me really carried me in, you know, like I read that and I was just like, all right, well, this is really awesome. And the idea of like this twilight was like something that I, that I really got attached to. I wanted to, I really heard how that twilight would sound. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what I try to bring out in the music. So like, um, I, there's moments where like, there's like words that line up with like the text and the, and like the, 
the the orchestra playing and and that's really what's that that's really what's important you know i also like to focus on the voice though so like i i like to have something that i can bring the voice out in i won't set text like a good example is like there's there's text that i've read that i'm like wow this is a great poem but i won't set it because it just doesn't it doesn't have anything that's not singable you know yeah it doesn't have anything that i want to like like I would have to just sing every syllable and that would be it. I can't like carry anything. I can't do anything musical with it, you know, and I could do other things with it. But if I, if, if it's not really fitting in what I'm trying to do in like an overall piece, then, then I'll skip along and, you know, push that aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do so you like ever... all these poems to me have that like where kind of where to it in time cycle. Do you, when you get to those, like, if you say, like, I like 75% of this poem, but this bit, eh, I don't know. Um, is that when you will just, like, you know, eh, I'm going to cut that out of the song that I'm writing? I mean, it's still a poem. You know, you're not going to kill the poem. Or have you ever, um, just instead of singing those particular words, have you ever, like, used a uh, spoken word to deliver those in a song? Um, I like spoken word. Um, I haven't done anything with spoken word yet. And I have like, I'm actually planning, um, working on something that is going to be spoken word. Mm -hmm. Um, but if there's, if there's a part of the text I don't like, I just get rid of it. That's pretty much it for me. Cause you know, if something makes me cringe, then I don't do it. You know, like (laughs) if a chord (laughs) makes me cringe, then I'm not going to write it, you know? Right. Yeah. and it could be anything. It could be like, oh, like, I don't really like that, like, that minor ninth, you know, but I love minor ninths, but like right there, I just don't like it, right. you know? Yeah. And, oh, I don't like that triad. Like, you know, why am I using a triad, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, it's like certain things will work in a certain context. And when it comes to with text, um, I don't think there's anything I cut out of these poems. Like, I, I kept yeah, them, I kept them like as that. as is. Because yeah. like I felt like I felt like um, there wasn't anything that was repetitive. That's a, that's one thing that I'll I'll cut text out if it's repetitive. Um, I'll cut text out if I feel like it's not um, to it's not giving the it's not giving the story that I want to tell. Yeah, like there's a poem that I'm setting now, and um, the text is a little dated, and there's this like this two lines where i'm just like no these two lines need to go so i'm not so i'm not working with them you know 2020 and that is it's it's like no offense to the to the line it's just like um i try to write what's what's inspiring me so if like 70 percent is inspiring me and like 20 percent i hate that 20 percent i'm gonna get rid of and the 10 percent i'll have to figure out like some way to like compromise yeah and i and and i try to figure out what that is and that's always an interesting journey you know (laughs) but then i end up liking it because because i worked on it you know right yeah you through through the effort you kind of become attached to it in a way yeah yeah so this uh this sounds like a chamber orchestra um is it full it's it's kind of limited winds but you know full strings and everything it's yeah it's chamber yeah so they actually had full strings before and then they decided to cut 
because they were just like it would be better for to hear the baritone if it was mm-hmm. just like less strings and it you know worked out pretty well so it's it's chamber and then there's a guitar in there okay so yeah i was gonna ask about that um what why why was adding the guitar important for you um i'm a guitarist and well there it is okay <laughs> you know and i'm like i'm like you know we need more guitar and orchestra and then like you know and there's this guitar class that i was going to they're like yeah we do and then i was like all right well now <laughs> now we have it happening who's gonna play this you know so then i got somebody to play it like lewis uh get his last name um played guitar on this piece and um it was just really awesome so i like guitar because you have so many things that you can do and with like the registers and it's a portal instrument but you have like so many different resonance of like one chord you can do it like five different ways and so like I, i i'm writing for guitar always like i have a song cycle with guitar and soprano and which I should send you the link to. I have a, I have a, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Because I mean, well now with your, with your <laughs> injury, the guitar is, guitar is out. I get, I guess you could, you could uh, try to fit a slide over that and like take up that kind of guitar for a while, but. Well, yeah. I can still fret. It's like, I have my left hand still. Oh, duh. Yeah. You're th- I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at you like reversed in the zoom. So I'm like, oh shit, he's that hand is gone. Yeah, you're right. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I'm. I'm actually. The good news is that like I was working on. You know, can I talk about something I'm working? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on this larger piece. Um, it's like a chamber uh, ensemble, but there's like solo parts for each instrument. And so there's, you know, violin, viola, cello, clarinet, flute, um, horn, um, what else? Uh, guitar, piano. And then there's, there's voice again. Cause there's like, it's a, it's a mixed song cycle, which, mm-hmm. which I was like trying to explain to my friend if it was a good idea. Like, <laughs> it's like, what do you think? And he's just like, I don't get what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm just like, I think it's great, <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, I typed in all, all of the guitar piece and I put in my fingerings already. So I don't have to think about that anymore. That's good. And that's the good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, all the songs we're going to listen to tonight are, uh, voice and ensemble. And I think it's, you know, very, it's very cool that you are, bucking that tradition of voice piano voice piano every song every song cycle has to be voice piano like you get so many more interesting textures from having the ensemble at your disposal in addition to the voice i mean this this particular piece for chamber orchestra i mean did you did you consider like the accessibility of of this meaning that not everyone has a chamber orchestra to back them up? Um, yeah, I was worried about it. I, I get worried about that all the time when I'm writing yeah. pieces because I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, when am I going to have like all those instruments that I told you? When am I going to get those nine instrumentalists and a vocalist yeah. together? <laughs> you know, but um, there there was just like a, a chance. So like um, there yeah. was an orchestra 
competition also that, that, that was happening at Manus. And, and I, I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to try. And, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they, they picked me. So that was great. And I got, I got to get that performed. So at least yeah. I got to, to hear it like live for the first time, but I know in my heart that it will be done again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, these particular movements that we're hearing, uh, how many other movements are there and where do these two fit in the overall cycle? So uh, the time cycle is five movements and um, these are the third and fourth movements of the piece. So um, time cycle starts off kind of like with a pizzazz, like quicker movement, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first words are, I bring you with reverent hands, the books of my um, wondrous dreams, you know, and, <laughs> and it just goes from there. And, and then it goes into Rose of the World, uh, into the twilight and like settles in there. And so you're like, it's, it's like kind of winding down as you get into, t- into the twilight and then starts to pick up again and then it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That's kind of like the flow of the piece. Can you talk about, you, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier by saying like, well, I don't like that minor ninth or I don't like that triad or I do like this minor ninth here or I like this triad here. Can you talk about your harmonic language? I mean, how are you controlling pitch in this piece? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's funny, like all my singers that I've that I've worked with, they're like, oh, really? <laughs> They've always had... <laughs> You know, they've always had something smart to say about like about the way I like choose to do things. Like uh-huh. definitely, um, I do I do get very concerned about melody. Like mm-hmm. so, when I'm writing a melody, I I there's a sense of like floating in a melody that I like to do. I like to have mixed tonality, also. So there's moments where I'll have something. Like into the twilight's a good example at the end, you know, in the dew of the morn, there's like this, you know, the horns are in this different place and the guitar mm-hmm. is somewhere else and the, the singers somewhere else. And, but it creates this kind of mixed, you know, dull and also like, you know, refreshing taste to me. So yeah. I, it depends on like what, what the moment is, you know, like I, I like getting into, um, I like dark overtones, like getting into the mud and I like being high up in the stratosphere. Um, and also it depends on like the type of clarity I want, you know, um, in time cycle, actually there's a little like making fun of a composer, um, I like, <laughs> there's a moment where in the, in the line, you know, outworn heart in the time outworn, you know, and then I put a little, uh, Shostakovich's, um, uh, signature in there with that word worn, <laughs> worn, because I get worn out with Shostakovich sometimes. I love him, but I do, I do. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I like to do things like that. Like I get, I get sort of nerdy when mm-hmm. I'm, when, <laughs> when I'm, when I'm like, building little parts of it and um and when i when i when i have something like a melody um i don't necessarily have it come back in the same way yeah. with other instruments you know or sometimes it's like just like the the tonality is like just a little different um 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a interesting question. I feel like the pieces that I picked out though kind of show a variety of of. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's actually what I was that what I was kind of getting to because over the course of the pieces we're going to hear, we're going to hear a lot of different you know, kind of harmonic approaches or tonal approaches or melodic approaches. And I just think, you know, you, it seems like you kind of exist, like some people exist on the, the, the poles uh, between like, you know, completely systematic atonality or post-tonality and then all the way over here, like completely functional harmony or you know actually i don't know anyone that's really well, like doing minimalist, that uh, like, yeah you know, yeah some, like something like some that sort of <laughs> but but you really you really live like right here and it seems like that's what you're really interested in is having a large set of harmonic and melodic tools to apply to the particular set the particular text that you're setting does that does that seem accurate? I yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it because you know, in you know, I was talking to my friend. This is, I have this friend that I always bounce ideas off of, mm-hmm. um, Nick uh, Chellis in New York, and um, we were talking about this piece I'm working on right now, C19. That's the name of it. I already have a name, and um, COVID nineteen, basically C19. Yeah. but anyway um talking about that he was just like well how's everything gonna go together and i'm like i doesn't all need to you know like i like to have entities so like just because if i'm writing a a song cycle doesn't mean that this song and this song and this song is gonna it's all gonna tie in at the end you know it's all coming Mm -hmm. back you know i feel like that's a little bit of a like dated idea of bringing everything back at the end sometimes it doesn't really work always you know mm-hmm. like in this in the, there's different ways of having structure and like i feel like having creating a creating an overall mood in a piece is is still a, having a, a sense of structure yeah and um so you know the theme the theme of the time cycle really is um is about time and you know aging and just like basically not really having much of it the first music movements really like the youthful and then it's like more like mature in the second movement and then just getting really getting really old and tired and then just waiting for it to end and then finally like it's like waiting for the you know to be taken away and um so yeah (laughs) well Let's uh, let's listen to it. So, who are we gonna hear on this recording? Who's the soloist? What orchestra is it? Um, it's Manus Orchestra, uh, and uh, Leroy Davis uh, is singing. Um, he's a baritone. I don't know where he is now. I I was talking to him today, but I don't know where he lives now. He lives somewhere in America still. Somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Into the Twilight and the Moods from Time Cycle.
Hi everyone, it's Jamie again, with a brief message from our podcast sponsor. Are you interested in learning more about a community of composers that places emphasis on building relationships and forming connections with creatives across multiple disciplines? From social and political commentary to the exploration of scientific algorithms, with the use of electronically generated sounds and the incorporation of contemporary images, dance, glassblowing, prose, poetry, the members of the Adjective Composers Collective embrace a variety of musical techniques and styles to create evocative works that have enthralled audiences across the world. Looking to foster or facilitate a new commission or collaboration? Feel free to contact us at adjectivenewmusic.com. Let's create something new and impactful together. Before we return to this week's episode, here's a brief interlude featuring the music of Cynthia Van Manen, performed by the Texas State University Wind Symphony with Caroline Beattie conducting. Feel free to sit back and enjoy this excerpt of Cynthia Van Manen's Elegy for Our Children. We now return to this week's episode of Lexical Tones. So let's move on to um, your song from A Black Woman Speaks called Ain't It Bad. Um, this is a text by Maya Angelou. Do all of the movements have text by Maya Angelou or is it different? Yeah. All of them. Okay. What are the what are the other songs like? And um, is this is this the f- is this the fourth song? It's the last song in the cycle. The last song. Okay. Uh, so it behaves that way. Um, 
So um, the poems, to my memory, um, Phenomenal Woman is like the first poem that I set. Then Mothering Blackness, and then Came Home, um, came home Running. So actually it's in reverse, uh, Came Home Running and then Mothering, Black, uh, uh, mothering Blackness. Mm-hmm. You know, and so with that piece, it's um, it starts off with kind of uh, the first movements more is like it's it's got a like a jazzy swing to it. And then it goes into this like very dramatic, um, slow, more so dissonant um, moment in the strings um, with a mothering blackness. Mm-hmm. you know because there's a lot of pain in that in that like text and the third movement uh, uh came home running um um similar similar vibe and this movement is the closing so it's like a, you get that energy back and um i just love that first line you know, dancing the fu- <laughs> dancing the funky chicken. Yeah, I'm like, wow. I yeah, I don't. I like. I'm already. I'm already in. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There was nothing about this text that I needed to take out. It was like <laughs> it was very. The thing I like about setting my Angelou's poetry or reading it in general is that um, it's it's got like such a it's got its own rhyme. It's it's got its own flow. So like, if I want to go against it, I really have to work at it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and I, and I try to in this piece, I do, I like, there's, there's, there's moments where I'm breaking up my, my, like the rhythmic structure, I'm changing it, you know, and I'm changing it because like, I am like, I just, I didn't want to be that, that rigid with it. Yeah. I also want to show the piece. Um, um, I like, it's got like an A, B, C, B, A, um, structure to it. And um, I structure it around the text. Yeah, I mean this this entire text is just uh, it's just full of images, you know, like like you say, dancing the funky chicken, tightening up my fro, wrapping up in blackness, hearing Stevie Wonder, like, and then there's that section, get down, Jesse Jackson, dance on, Alvin Ailey, you know, it references a lot of people in this that. I when do you know when she wrote this? I wish I knew off my head. I think this is something that she wrote in like the seventies. Yeah, I mean, this is like an older piece. Yeah, it makes sense because like she's talking about Arthur Ashe on the tennis court, Muhammad Ali. You know, she basically all those people were at their like at the height in the yeah in the seventies. Seems like, I mean, what you said that like that first line really drew you in, but how does this, how does this kind of cap off the cycle for you? Why, why was this the last song? Um, because it's more pizzazzy. It's like okay. super pizzazzy. When I, I picked this one as the last one because it was the, it was the one that had the energy. I want to yeah. end off a piece with either energy or, drama in some way you know i need to i like i like big closes yeah and you know either either like yeah i don't do any slow closes yeah either like big are are you do you mean like either big energy or big emotion yes like heavy big emotion like i like know the cure i have the cure to like 
cancer now, like <laughs> <laughs> emotional or like heavy, right. like I'm taking the sledgehammer and, you know, breaking this pot. Yeah. I, that's, that's the type of energy that I'm looking for in the last movement. Um, this is, this entire, uh, cycle is for, uh, soprano and string quartet. Um, what, what was it that caused you to pick these poems from Maya Angelou and, and write this cycle? It started off with, um, the first poem that I, that I saw and I, and I sat was actually a phenomenal woman. And, um, I really like that text just because, um, you know, you know, it talks about all the reasons why she's phenomenal and like, you know, and what I did with that text is with, with, um, with that setting was it's like not as, um, not as full. So, um, but there's like words like, you know, it's in the arch of my back and like the curve of my waist, you know, I get, I got really attached to those words. And yeah. so I set that one as just like, I have to do this. I need to make a cycle of like, you know, of other songs that are about like womanhood, you mm -hmm. know, mothering blackness, you know, phenomenal woman. Yeah. And then, and then this, uh, this one is just about, you know, general blackness and, and being, you know, amazing. Yeah. And that was really important for me because like going, going to conservatory and, um, I was the only black composer <laughs> and I had to, I was like, you know what? It's black history month. You know what that means? We're, we're, we're putting on some, some pieces. So I had like, I had a choral, uh, a piece that I got done. I actually, I, I got, 18 uh, singers and mm -hmm. I got a conductor to, to do it. And we did two of the songs out of three. And <laughs> there was always something every year when I was at Manus. It's like, we got to do something. So yeah. I had that, uh, I had that cycle also. And, um, and my, that was my intention was to, to have something. And like, also just, it's, it's hard to know how to change classical music or like how to like help classical music, music like mutate into whatever it needs to be yeah because everything is relevant like like period everything is relevant mm -hmm. like the i i listen to every type of music i don't really discriminate on things there's things i probably won't listen to again because it bores me but yeah you know that's <laughs> but i will try to listen to it because sure. i because i need to know what's going on and um i like the text because it just re really reminded me of what I'm doing and also that I'm different. And also I'm, you know, I'm doing the same thing, which is why the, ir the irony for me, and this is why like I chose string quartet is like, Oh, string, string quartet, such a classical ensemble. Yeah. So like yeah. it is the most like classical ensemble I can think of. Here's yeah. a string quartet. And then here's, here's a, here's, here's a vocalist. And, Let's see like what you're going to get. Not probably what you expect, but it's, it's really what my, what comes out of my head. Well, I think, you know, what you said just there, like you, you don't know how to remake classical music or, or what did you say? Did you say fix or I can't remember? Fix or remake. Yeah. Fix, uh, fix or remake. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no fixing really needed need to be done just like help mutate yeah help help mutate and that's i 
that's what you're doing. You're you're writing music as you want to see it, right? You know, you're you are contributing to how you want music to mutate. And I think that's I think that's all you can do. That's all anyone can do. I mean, you know, it's not it's like simultaneously on all of us to mutate classical music and simultaneously it's no one person's responsibility. Everyone just needs to do their part. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. How am I, how do I know if I'm doing my part? Just keep writing music. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's like, uh, it, it takes a while to re- to, to realize that though. Yeah. Is that like the only way I'm going to get to know what my style is or, or, you know, I, I start to realize it now when I'm like writing pieces, you know, and this is, I've been writing music for uh, 17 years, but like, um, now I'm starting to realize that these are things that I, that I've done before. Or this is something that I tend to like to do. This is like a Deanism, mm-hmm. a Busico, a Busico trait, you know, right. <laughs> and I just let it be, I let it be. And, um, and I, you know, and there's so many ways to grow. Well, let's just let's just get into this one. Let's listen to it. So, who uh, you you said the singer's name before, but uh, if you could say her name again and the ensemble that you worked with, um, Alicia Heorba, and um, it's it's just a group I I got together. Actually, they're not a, a string quartet that's that plays together. So it's a string quartet um, uh, of friends that I that I got to play it. Um, was this still at Manus or? This was at Manus, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, so here it is. This is Ain't It Bad from A Black Woman Speaks.
Let's, uh, let's move on to the last cycle that we're going to talk about. This is uh, the Bells song cycle, and all the poetry is by Edgar Allan Poe. So we're gonna he- we are going to hear Golden Bells, Brazen Bells, and Iron Bells from this cycle. The- where did the ensemble come from in this one? I mean, this is like, it's fl- I-, I don't know. I-, I think I heard flute, clarinet, horn, violin, guitar, and soprano. Yes. <laughs> did I miss anything? Okay. <laughs> Where so, did that come was, from? <laughs> so this was a commissioned piece. And, okay. Uh, so I can pick any ensemble. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> 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 and this is what I picked, you know. I, and the, the first thing that my, my, my teacher said to me is like, why, why are you picking these instruments for like the bells? And I'm like, because they're not, they're not obvious bell instruments, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the reason why I picked them. Uh, except yeah. for like the horn having a bell, having a you bell, know? Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I felt like there was a way for me to emulate the bells, um, like the bells, I say that with quotes, with guitar, with flute, clarinet, um, violin, and horn. Yeah. And, um, and, Sometimes I'm trying to um, emulate more re- resonance of a bell. Uh, so, like, that's what I'm going for, bell resonance. Or I'm going for, like, um, trying to depict the attack, which, mm-hmm. I, which I do a lot with the guitar in, in, in this piece. And, like, yeah. these pieces. Um, but there are different approaches. Like, there's different things that I'm doing. There was a there was actually a moment in the beginning of the third one we're going to hear Iron Bells. Um, I was especially with this one, but across all the songs we listened to tonight, um, there were different and varying moments of like uh, text painting, and um, I thought the opening of Iron Bells with the guitar in kind of like close seconds 
it kind of sounded to me like you were trying to emulate like a blacksmith hammering on metal. Was that? It was like the slow attack, you know, yeah. like I, the, I, the, the winds were used to, to kind of create that hold. And then the guitar just like made a slow attack. So it's like this watching someone slowly hit a hammer. Yeah. Down on like these iron bells. Yeah. And, um, and really like, again, with that worn feeling, that's what the iron bells are about, you know, like just really slow moving that movement is like this like it's like you're stuck in something and that's and that's kind of what i was trying to get like you're like you're stuck but you're like getting out of it slowly and you know and the text painting in the beginning you know i have her i have um the singer singing alone a lot Mm -hmm. um because because that poem you know like you know he talks about being all alone and yeah one of one of the first lines is what a world of solemn thought their monody compels that really that really suggests that i mean he's talking about the bells but that really suggests like that feeling of isolation mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. Kind of perfect for these times right now with, the, with everything that's going on. You <laughs> yeah. know, like I, I was thinking about, I was like, I have to like, we, we have to listen to the Iron Bells because, because for me, this is, it, it reminds me of like this feeling of being alone and being isolated, you know? And there's a glimmer of hope at the end, you know, which I, this is a different type of ending that we yeah. have in um in this piece compared to ain't it bad being like this more pizzazz ending you know mm-hmm. and um this is like it ends in like this like it's a shift of key and it's like moving into but then it keeps going back and it's like it's confused you know yeah where do i want to be <laughs> <laughs> are, are these the um how many how many movements are in this one and and are these the second third and fourth movements of four no the, um, they're actually the second fourth and second, fifth fourth. movements so there's five movements oh, in five. this um, okay. in this cycle right so so iron bells is the is the end of the cycle uh yeah um yeah, yeah. so um there's a first movement which is uh sledge bells and uh, there's a third movement, which is the wedding that he's talking about in the in the second movement that we're going to hear, Golden mm-hmm. Bells. So in Golden Bells, you know, like I, I got really attached to this idea of like wedding bells, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's so nice. And like I set that and like I have this idea in the guitar and what happens is that all the instruments uh, drop out and it's just the guitar and it's like playing this, like this, this really softly, this, uh, this little guitar moment. And, and then it goes straight into, into, um, like it gets abrupted by, by the, um, um, what, um, what is it? Uh, brazen bells. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. By the brazen bells. So like when, when that, when that comes in, it's just like, it comes, you know, attack a, 
And like the guitar is playing super soft. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was uh, in particular, I mean, with, I think with Edgar Allan Poe in general, but especially in these, there was a lot of repetition in the text is when you were talking earlier about just like, Hey, we got to nix some of this repetition. Did you do it in this one? Oh my God. I got in this, of the bells, 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 of the bells, 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 bells. and the rhyming of the bells. I, yeah. had to, <laughs> I had to cut off a lot of those bells, especially in, um, especially in iron bells. I cut off, um, actually in iron bells, I kept a lot of the bells, uh, right. in brazen bells. I cut a lot of the bells out, but not all of them. And, and yeah. then I cut way more in golden bells. Like, like I, and there's a few lines I didn't like. There's a line that I didn't like in Iron Bells. And I, I sent you the original text. So we, so we could like dissect that actually. Um, yeah. I mean, do you, do you remember uh, what it was? Good example would be in the uh, golden bells. I just, I cut out, um, I cut out a lot of those bells. So like yeah. uh, to the swinging and the ringing of the bells, you know, and then yeah. instead to the of, instead and of the timing of the bells. Yeah, instead of to the swinging and the ringing of the bells, bells, bells of the bells, 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 <laughs> to the rhyming <laughs> and the chiming of the bells. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of bells. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great if you're like if you're reading it out if you're just reading it out as like. Um, as a poem then it's great yeah because it i mean as a poem it imbues musicality in into the reading of the poem but as a poem meant for mu- like used as music the musicality inherent in musicality isn't the right word it suggests something musical but you're already doing something musical with it and it's just like I think it it crosses that line if you if you actually did all of the those repetition in this particular movement it would cross the line into like I don't know hokey or something as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to later when you have that really like solemn um solemn last movement where that that particular repetition of bells 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 like that takes on a new meaning I feel like, yeah, it's a lot of bells. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you can't have too many bells. Apparently, I mean, according to you, you can have a few too many if you're setting it, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you might want to like throw a few bells out or donate them, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So why did these particular poems, this this cycle kind of speak to you? Why did it jump off the page? Um, I, the, the words are just like so musical, um, really, uh, for me, golden bells was, was, was the first one that really like grabbed me, you know, like this idea of like golden bells and, and, and I was thinking of like creating some sort of shimmery, like happy type of, you know, non Disney esque, (laughs) 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 but like non Disney happy uh, like world you know and um and that's a very interesting thing for me to try to to like to create 
you know, and like this, like the idea of like icy nights and, uh huh, and um, and then also with the brazen bells and you know, cinematic expostulation, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all these words, you know, they're like they're they really pop, they like they pop to me and um it just really sung to me like yeah. I, I could hear it i could hear it and then there was parts where i'm like i don't hear it which is like <laughs> those bells and to the kneeling and yeah <laughs> those are things i didn't hear yeah yeah so so i mean it seems like that's your process like if it if it pops when you're reading it's like i gotta set this yeah yeah that's yeah. great well, let's listen to it now. So, um, who who's the soprano that we're going to hear? And uh, is is this was this an ensemble that you- this was this was a ensemble? Um, it's called the Circe Composer in Residence uh, Ensemble at Manus, okay. and um, the singer is Angie Dinkelman. Uh, she's a soprano out of New York. So this is Golden Bells, Brazen Bells, and Iron Bells from The Bells Song Cycle.
And now uh, we've come to the last question that I always ask all the artists and composers that are on the podcast. Um, how did you come to music as something that you wanted to pursue for your life? Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to be a doctor first. That was the first thing I wanted to do. And then and then I realized that maybe I didn't want to do that at, when I was 12 anymore. <laughs> and um, I was interested in math and when my parents, my parents got divorced and my mom was never at home. So like I would go to music after school and I started writing music a year, like a year after I started playing guitar. And, and my teacher said, you know, it was like two years of me playing. It's like, you know what? It'd be a good idea for you guys to write music. And I'm like, Oh, I already write music. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I like way ahead of you. Yeah. I showed him a bunch of stuff and he was just like, what, what's going on right now? Like what, <laughs> what's happening, you know? And I thought like, I thought, well, maybe I could do this. And, um, I, you know, I decided, well, math, science, you know, I was into, into science too. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll go for music. Cause I really, I really love that. And, I didn't get into a conservatory that I, uh, no, not even a conservatory, a college that I wanted to go to. And they said they were looking for people with talent. And <laughs> so like I decided to, yeah, I, I stopped, Ouch. I stopped writing for um, like six months. And then I had a friend who was a, a director and I was studying something else in school. I was studying acoustics because I was like, ah. Uh, there's calculus in there that'll make me happy and mm -hmm. you know <laughs> kind of close to music yeah you know and then i set this music for him um and i was like wow i need to do this i i don't know how but i need to i need to just do this no matter what and um i'm really glad that i've i've, I've kept having reminders in my life that i just need to keep trucking along yeah and um and i I got into a conservatory a few years later and um, graduated and been writing um, and, you know, I had a, do you, should I keep going? <laughs> it's your story, man. Yeah. And, and like, um, also like the, the thing that I had to deal with was um, when I, when I moved to California eight years ago, I moved because I, I kind of wanted a fresh start. I didn't know what I, why I was needing a fresh start, but like, I didn't realize, realize until like this year actually, or last year or two. Yeah. Last year, basically. And, um, so I've been healing myself. I've been like healing myself emotionally. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now that I'm in, like, I feel like I'm like, this is, this, you know, my, I studied with Mario, Mario of Davidovsky mm -hmm. at Manus. And one thing, one thing he did tell me that was really useful was, um, you know, don't worry about like, if you're like not writing any music at one period of your life or, or if you're, you know, like, and think about like it n never getting back to it. Cause you'll always be able to go back to it. You know, yeah. like if you, you know, if you really want to do it, you'll always get back to it. So don't worry about it. It just happens. It's normal. Yeah. you know ebbs and ebbs and flows of like creativity and and so like uh, i get that reminder because i've i've had a weird last three years of not really writing music and this year i've written nine things so far oh you know? yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> we all we all needed a little a little bit of boredom to to get things going again. <laughs> all right, I guess I'll work on that piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it's the 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 reason why I compose is because it really it helps me get connected to some other some other power and I don't have that other connection. I don't have a, a connection with anything else that way. Yeah. Like I, I try to write words down. I'm not, it doesn't really hit me in that way. You know, like I keep a journal just for like purging purposes, but it doesn't inspire me. But when I write music, it's, it's a whole different experience. You know, sometimes yeah. I don't even like, I, I wrote a piece. Um, this is dark night variations. It's on my SoundCloud. Um, and it's about my nightmares as a child, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I, I get to do that with music and that's the thing that's really beautiful. It's like this, this expressing of one's emotions. Cause you can't tell anyone how you feel. You can say like, yeah. Oh, I'm sad. They don't really know like how you feel. But when you write yeah. music, people can feel how you feel because, cause you're, <laughs> you're like giving a strong depiction. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're by through music, you are bringing them into that feeling. I mean, you're right. You can only describe emotion or feeling with words, but with music, you can, you can like, Hey, come over here, feel this with me right now, you know? And that's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's why you do it. Of course. Um, you said something that was interesting. You, uh, you don't have to go further into it. And if you don't want to, I'll just cut this out. Um, you said over the past eight years you've been healing yourself i'm just curious i don't mind saying it um i um i'm 18 months sober uh-huh. uh and my drinking has been a big distraction and mm-hmm. part of what my life was because i didn't i didn't think that i could do my music anymore so i decided that like i'll become a sommelier or and i was a bartender and and this is what I've been doing for like 10 years. So like yeah. a, a big chunk of my life I've spent around booze and boozing. And, and I felt like I lost a lot of stuff. And, um, but honestly, my life isn't so, so terrible. Like a lot of things are, have turned out actually a lot better than it could have been. Yeah. And, um, and so like in getting sober, um, one of the, one of the things that I also had to deal with is realizing I have mental health things. You know, I have, um, I was diagnosed with bipolar, uh, one, and I only found out after I stopped drinking. I'm like, Oh, that's why I drank. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like was trying to balance off my, my high energy with, uh, with alcohol. And, um, now that I'm, now that I'm clean, actually my, it's like I, I have this freedom and yeah. this is just a very recent thing for me because in early sobriety, I wasn't able to do anything. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. Cause I, cause it was just, I didn't know how I was going to get to the next day. And um, yeah. So fortunately everything happened the way that it did uh, because I'm writing music again and I, um, and it's, it's, I didn't lose anything. I, you know, I have a, a, an experience that I've got, I've gained and a better clarity of myself, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that seems like a really healthy outlook on it because it you you are who you are at the moment because of where you've what you've seen and what you've experienced and what you've done. So it's like to lose that past means that your present might be something completely different. Right. 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 It you know it wasn't so damaging the the big the big thing that I the the thing that I did that I that was hard was I like kind of I I took myself away like I just I, uh, I dismissed myself from from being able to to do the things that I loved because yeah. I just thought that th- that the world didn't want me to do it or it's just never going to happen to me and you know like I have all this music that's unplayed you know <laughs> all mm-hmm. these reasons that I had of like why why like I should stop and um, you know and and the reason why, and I think I, I I hope this is useful to other people. You know, the reason why I keep writing is not because you know it needs to be heard, but I need to write it, and um, hopefully it gets heard. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I hope that that's the goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, in the meantime, if I don't write the music, then I don't I don't do better in the world. I don't actually yeah. like fare well like not writing music. I'm. I'm not a happy person when I'm when I'm like in this dry, ignoring music state. That so that's like for me a creative recovery thing. When I think of that, like that aspect of like um, tarnishing one's ability to actually like produce and enjoy what yeah. they do. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, before we go, can you tell people? where they can go to find more of your music, where they could connect with you on online or social media or whatever? Yes. Yeah, so um, I have music on SoundCloud. Um, I'm Curvin Lives, K-E-R-V-I-N-L-I-V-E-S. Um, and that's also my Instagram. You can follow my instagram it's fine i don't really use instagram that much but you can connect with me that way if you want to message me and i think my facebook is also curvin lives also yeah and my website is guess what (laughs) curvin lives and you've got the branding thing down (laughs) yeah so k-e-r-v-i-n uh l-i-v-e-s dot org and um my former name was kevin so, like, if you look up on uh, YouTube, there's also a recording of a song that I wrote for another cycle uh, for guitar and soprano. And it's um, it's under the name of Kevin Busico, B-O-U-R-S-I-Q-U-O-T, just Kevin. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, Dean. Thank you for having me. I, I really, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.